What's up, folks? It's Fit Food Radio, and we are episode number 53 now, I believe. Correct, Keris? Correct. Keris is, of course, here, and super excited because we've got an amazing guest on the show this week. Um, of course, all our guests are awesome, but she is particularly awesome. We've been wanting to get her on the, on the podcast for some time now, but uh, she had a little bambino and obviously priorities and all of that. So without further ado, I want to announce that we've got the awesome Jocelyn Thompson rule on the line for this episode. How are you doing, Joss? Great, thank you. How are you guys doing? Very well. Thank you so much for uh, giving up your time for us. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> so, Joss, uh, instead of me waffling on and probably getting it wrong, why don't you just give our listeners a, a brief intro into kind of who you are, what your background is, what you do, and kind of like what your passions are, so to speak, and then we can... Um, so, basically, I've been a trainer for 12 years now, which uh, I started... Uh, basically, I finished university. I did economics at university and now do nothing uh, to do with economics <laughs> at all. <laughs> But I, when I was at university, I uh, vice-captained the the ladies' boat club, the rowing crew, and I just really enjoyed coaching. So I kind of made a decision after university that that was the route that I wanted to take and sort of went into it from there. So I became a PT. And then uh, from there, I kind of worked in studios. I also did a bit of um, sports therapy. So um, I worked with some uh, football teams and did a little bit of um, kind of assistance to physios and stuff and went down that route for a while. And then I kind of moved back towards the PT side of things, um, but just kind of enjoyed having the knowledge of, I guess, how to kind of rehab my clients if, you know, if they had any injuries or anything like that. And then about five years ago, I started working uh, with Nike. They, They kind of got in touch with me, I guess, because my kind of voice to women was the same as theirs in, in, in terms of kind of training and my approach to training. So I started working with them and um, that kind of relationship has just gone from strength to strength really and um, kind of more recent projects with uh, was bringing actually kind of uh, women's training to Mumbai. I did that a couple of months ago and that was absolutely amazing because wow. I didn't know what fitness was like in India and certainly for women in India, but obviously because there's a massive cultural difference. Um, so, uh, and that was amazing. And, um, and uh, so yes, yeah, so, so managed to do that with Nike and I just work on lots of awesome projects with them, which is uh, kind of encouraging women to, to sort of get involved in, in training and fitness. Um, and then I guess now kind of post Bubba, doing less on the PT side and kind of because I've been doing it for 12 years um, and I feel like the reach kind of on a one-to-one basis is less than I would like and I kind of want to reach more people so I started doing some seminars last year as, as you were involved with Keris yeah. um, and you know I'm kind of continuing on with that and a bit of online coaching and, and just kind of working on, on new sort of projects to sort of reach more people um, I guess with the message about training and, and health and wellness really so that's it, and not a very <laughs> small nutshell. Sorry, it took ages. To be fair, that, that was that pretty was good. Quick. <laughs> that, to be fair, one of our quickest. I mean, <laughs> yeah. As soon, as soon as you ask someone normally to talk about themselves, that's it. Boom, <laughs> it's game over. <laughs> we get, we then get about a ten minute podcast at the end yeah. and a fifty minute intro. So no, you done good. And there's a little bit of background noise because Bubba is here as well on my knee. So we we can forgive him. We can forgive him. He's so gorgeous. Um, Obviously, our listeners can't see, but he is. He's adorable. He's adorable. I I, I don't know where... He certainly didn't get his looks from BJ, that's for sure. It's all you, Joss. It's all you. Poor daddy. But Joss... um, You should probably just explain who BJ is. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, of course. That's... uh, Well, well, it's obviously... Joss is a fella. Husband, you are married, aren't you, you guys? Yeah. 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 
for my sins, yeah. <laughs> well, we actually, uh, just for our listeners, um, we actually met Joss through BJ because um, we worked with BJ on a couple of courses some years ago and then I can't even remember when or where we got introduced to yeah. you, but we did at some point. Yeah. And you know, I, I, got introduced, I met you, I think, Ian King's course. Yeah, that's time. correct. Yeah, the the Ian King's yeah. course. Yeah, that was that's yeah that yeah his first one when he was in London. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. and I was going to say just to add to that, I remember uh, when I was sort of falling out of love with training a bit. I'd just been overdoing it. Matt said to me, "You know who you need to speak to? You need to speak to Joss because oh, Joss just is so inspirational. She looks amazing. She's just one oh. of the women who trains so effectively. And he'd seen you compete at um, there was a strong woman competition. No, do you remember? Do you remember that's the? Uh, uh, Andy Mack's place in East Greenstead. Yes. Yeah, that yes, was it. Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> it seems like so long ago now. He was just going on about you for weeks after, going, "You should just see her. She's just amazing." But to be honest with you, I mean, that's kind of like a big reason why we wanted to get you on here because you know, as you know, well, that our kind of message is to kind of get out there to the masses and, and to inspire people and 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 show people that actually you know, the figure or physique that they want, being healthy, feeling great, is actually a lot more achievable than people think. I mean, there's a lot of messages out there that almost make training and being fit seem like it's quite elitist, which is why I think a lot of people can get easily intimidated, put off, or think that in order to get there, it's really hard work, you've got to be on a strict diet all the time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, We know that's not the case. You know that's not the case, and you're living proof of that. And I think... A big reason why we wanted to get you on is because you lift weights, you know, yeah. you lift heavy weights, yeah. you're super fit, you look fantastic for it, uh, you've now got a lovely five-month-old, like, healthy baby boy, and I think that, you know, our listeners will only be inspired by that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, because you've done a fair bit of CrossFit in your time, haven't you? And that's kind of something that I wouldn't mind tucking into a little bit, purely because I think CrossFit has kind of got a bit of a, gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes, yeah. um, especially when it comes to women, I find. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about your kind of CrossFit journey and how you feel that you may have adapted it to work for you over the years? Yeah, um, sure. Well, I basically um, randomly did the CrossFit Level 1 just to sort of, uh, I think BJ, I said, oh, do you want to do the CrossFit Level 1? I knew nothing about it. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's, let's go and do it. Uh, so we did that, I think, in 2010. And it wasn't until I watched um, the games uh, just on, on uh, I guess it was live streaming or whatever, or, or maybe it wasn't live streaming at that time, it is now. But um, And I just saw some of the girls and I was like, oh, okay, you know, they're not like, some of them are like the same size as, as me. Maybe I can do this. And so I, went, I was very lucky. I went to... Um, gym crossfit thames and uh and the coaching there was excellent as a, a the head coach there at the time was uh yami tikkanen and um he's just he he trained as an osteopath and he's just he really really drills good movement and i think that that's possibly the issue at the moment with uh the kind of bad rap that crossfit gets is that you know you can basically become a CrossFit coach over a weekend course Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm not even sure that you need to have any other kind of fitness qualification outside of that so you've got a lot of people that are passionate about CrossFit but have no real sound knowledge in in training yeah uh, which is which is a huge problem you know um and uh, and that doesn't seem to have changed at all which is a shame but um, so anyway, uh, I kind of, I, I wanted to, I saw there was a competition on and I wanted to compete. So I signed up to this gym and just really, really liked, um, how they trained people. I mean, that, that, 
at that stage I'd been a trainer for seven years so their kind of methodologies tied in with my own um, which was kind of you know move and then kind of add add load and add intensity um, so yeah I basically joined joined them and then kind of about a year later actually started coaching for them which was really great and I enjoyed that I enjoyed kind of coaching coaching groups and what's nice about CrossFit um, the people that come there they do want to train and they do want to work hard mm. I think what also can happen with that is it is you know based a lot on kind of high intensity training and people love the buzz of that they love how it feels when they kind of push hard at a workout so they they really want to do the high intensity stuff all the time but actually and um, too much of that just leads to like adrenal fatigue and then just they're, they're screwed kind of after that I guess about two years ago for me personally two two and a half years ago I you know I, I, I compete um, not at a particularly high level but um, I still compete and enjoy competing um, but you know I'm, I'm competing against girls that are like half my age so you've got like 18 year olds 19 year old training their recovery is ridiculous um, and then there's like you know me I'm 37 now I'm like oh god Jesus wow. you know it takes me an hour to warm up before I can even start you know kind of Josh, I've got out. to say you um, look phenomenal for yeah 37. I never thought you I never knew you were that old <laughs> you're well old <laughs> Um, and so I kind of made the decision a few years ago that if I wanted to do this I was aware of the high intensity I was aware of you know the detrimental effects of doing the detrimental effects sorry of doing that um, all the time so I thought I really really need to focus on the recovery side of things and so I made sure that I got enough sleep that my nutrition was on point and I was able to kind of keep up and so I, I was always interested in nutrition but kind of looking into it more and more and more in terms of recovery and fueling your body and all that kind of stuff, like just made everything easier. So, and it was from a purely selfish point of view, I was like, I want to compete. I want to be able to do well against these girls. How can I, how can my body function as optimally as possible? And that was by really, really focusing on recovery. And I think that that's still the part, not only in CrossFit, but in, in many aspects of training that's missed um, because recovery isn't exciting. It's not sexy. You're not there sweating it out for people to see, oh, look what I just did at the gym. Do you know what I mean? It's the kind of boring kind of side of things, getting yeah. sleep, going for walks, meditating, whatever it is that you do to recover. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's not Instagrammable, if you like. It's not <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of been it now. And I'm just actually going back to uh, start coaching at Thames on Monday. Awesome. Which will be great. So yeah, so just uh, yeah, getting back into it. And actually, I'm competing in um, three weeks' time uh, oh, wow. with my with my friend in a pairs competition, uh, which will be which will probably be a bit of a harsh awakening. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> a huge fan of just throwing yourself in at the deep end. So, <laughs> but yeah. um, you trained actually all through your pregnancy as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I um, I kind of uh, yeah, I did basically. I trained all the way through. Um, and uh, I really just kind of took it day by day, kind of, you know, saw how, wanted to see how I felt from, from session to session. And actually, um, I kept all of my strength training up. So even I think at about um, eight months, I was still working off kind of 80% of my maxes. Um, so I was just, you know, on my squats, I was doing kind of triples at 80%. On my deadlifts, I was doing uh, triples at 80%. Um, and still trying to keep kind of uh, strict gymnastics in there, so kind of, you know, strict chin-ups. I mean, at that stage, they were like, you know, one at a time. <laughs> 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 My built-in weighted vest, you know. Yeah. Um, and 
and uh, yes, I kind of kept it up all the way through, and I just always felt better after after training. I think kind of like the bigger you get during pregnancy, the more uncomfortable you are, and then often the less people move, and actually then that's when you kind of really sort of feel heavy and lethargic, and so I think the exercise kind of helped with that blood flow. So, so yeah. Did did you um, get much stick? from anyone for training because I know often you know like when I've seen like you know if it's been in the media that someone who's pregnant is lifting weights or training yes. to a certain degree to certain intensity you know yeah. did, did you get any of that any any funny looks or comments or yeah well I certainly um I made sure that I didn't post anything uh socially about yeah. it because <laughs> I just kind of thought a it does invite um you know, kind of possible criticism. Also, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, it may have inspired some women to, to train whilst pregnant, but for me, it was definitely a personal journey, so I just kind of made the decision not to kind of post about it. When I was at the gym, I think because of, because people knew me as a trainer at the gym, they kind of figured that actually um, I probably knew what I was, what I was doing. Um, but also, like, I guess it's really important to state that I did know my numbers in terms of what I could lift, what I couldn't lift. Yeah. Um, I, I've always trained um, for kind of as long as I've known um, and so I was aware of what my capacity was and where I could take it to um, I, so I know I know some women that actually got some oh has got something to say about that <laughs> some women that actually got some PBs whilst they were pregnant I know other women you know kind of reduced their training down I mean in terms of intensity I definitely re- reduced the intensity um, but it was important for me to kind of work on the strength element to stay as strong as I as I could throughout what I probably didn't do enough of uh, was kind of mobility and stretching I kind of relied too heavily upon I, I thought that right okay I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant now so relaxing is gonna kick in and I'm gonna become super mobile because I've got pretty tight hips actually I've got hips like a guy no, no, <laughs> no, but, uh, guys hips are pretty tight and that's why I thought oh sweet I'm gonna get super you know flexible and actually I didn't and I can still kind of feel tightness now um, kind of post-pregnancy from carrying this little one around for nine months so um so that that's one of the regrets that I did have was not doing enough mobility but outside of that um yeah I enjoyed it it was cool and people were generally quite quite positive about it I had the odd client that if I picked up like a, a 12 kilo kettlebell, they'd be like, oh my God, put that down, put that down. It's too heavy. And I'd be like, you do realize that I've just been squatting a lot more than that. <laughs> I think when it comes to, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think what's important, I mean, obviously, you know, I will never experience what uh, being pregnant feels like. Um, so <laughs> I'm not being a noddy knoll here, but I've always kind of said that, you know, when it comes to, you know, someone like yourself who has been training for a long, long time, knows their body, knows their capabilities, knows their numbers, you know, the last thing that you should have done in that case is probably just to go, do you know what, I'm just going to stop, almost do the opposite to what you have done. But I think a lot of women, because this fear factor kicks in, I'm going to get really fat (laughs) during pregnancy. I need to start exercising to reduce the impact. So if anything, all of a sudden, sorry, you get these women that um, have gone from being very sedentary to doing very little activity to then trying to do a lot of activity in their yeah. quest to not get, you know, yeah. as fat as, uh, you know, they think they're going to get. So it's almost yeah. like, a, you know, rather than just suddenly changing what you're doing, there's no reason why you can't continue with, exactly. And just and taper things a bit. Yeah, and that's definitely a point. Like, I think if you haven't been exercising 
uh, do become pregnant, it's definitely not the time to start because your body's just going through so many physiological changes anyway that kind of adding um, additional exercise into the mix is, is probably a little bit too much stress. Definitely doing some kind of movement is fine. Um, but also from the point of view of, you know, worrying about becoming overweight or whatever whilst they're pregnant, well, A, there's obviously the natural weight of the baby, but also that can be very much looked after by, by food and just kind of simple, whether it's going for a walk or even just going to yoga or whatever it is, they don't need to kind of all of a sudden become gym bunnies just to, just to prevent... Yeah, becoming overweight whilst they have donuts, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, did you have cravings or anything, like, anything unusual? This is really embarrassing, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but um, the only craving that I had was for kale. I mean, how many? <laughs> that is well, like, the dullest of... Actual hell, you craved kale. <laughs> I'm sure there's a scientific That's awesome. explanation. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that was the only craving that i had um yeah nothing else really the uh, tomatoes as well a little bit but that was it really that's some pretty pretty solid cravings right there did you change your nutrition at all though uh, in terms of like macros you know bringing up carbs a little bit just to help with blood sugar or anything like that as well throughout pregnancy i i kind of i followed um a book uh which i bought kind of before we were thinking about having a baby um, or before we were thinking about trying for a baby, whatever. My friend hates that term, trying for a baby. She thinks it sounds awful. But anyway, uh, and uh, it's a book. It's an amazing book, actually. It's called uh, Super Nutrition for Babies. Um, and it's by, I think I wrote the name down, actually, because I knew I'd Bryn Ehrlich and Kelly Genslinger. Uh, it's a Super Nutrition for Babies. And um, a lot of it is based on um, kind of information from the Weston A. Price Foundation. Yeah, um, And it's basically, pretty much, it's like a high-fat diet. So um, they say kind of, you know, when you're kind of before you're trying to conceive and so on, um, there's like a list of foods that they recommend that you have kind of daily. Um, and I've just got them here. Um, there is cod liver oil. So I went for the... Um, the green pastures fermented cod liver oil then a quart of milk or 32 ounces of of milk so um i went for that they say raw milk um and that's what that's what i went for i i don't i wouldn't say that i you know i don't come out in hives or anything like that when i drink um pasteurized milk but i do i definitely have kind of more phlegm yeah you get quite mucusy and stuff yeah yeah, I just get a bit bunged up. So I was kind of a bit like, oh, my God, drinking all that milk each day. But actually, it was totally fine. So I drink um, basically a big kind of bottle of milk each day. Uh, what else? Um, egg yolks, liver a couple of times a week. Um, not too much liver just because I think of the amount of vitamin A. What else was there? Um, butter, about four tablespoons of butter a day. So that was just easy enough to add into smoothies and um, or, you know, into a sweet potato if I was cooking or whatever. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, coconut oil daily and uh, fermented vegetables daily. Bone broth as well, which um, I'm a huge... Awesome. Fan of. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I'm not sure whether it can create histamines in the body or has histamines in itself um, but if I had it every day I would come out in a tiny tiny rash so I used to just try and have that about three oh, times a week that's interesting that yeah I've heard that somewhere I couldn't remember you probably know a bit more about that Keris but um, 
bone broth can, can create a little bit of a histamine reaction. Anyway, um, and then also bone marrow. So my, my breakfast used to be um, roasted bone marrow, fried eggs in coconut oil and avocado. Oh, <laughs> and it was amazing breakfast. So basically kind of high fat. And I've continued that because I'm still nursing. So um, I'm still breastfeeding, sorry. Nursing is a real American term. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I still have that, that now. So the milk the cod liver oil, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, high fat, basically. And it just, it's, it's just great for him and, and his growth and development because I think that breast milk is about 60% fat anyway. And then just for their little brains to develop, I think it requires about 60% fat too. So, yeah, super high fat diet, basically. And in, ter- in terms of calories, um, people did ask me, you know, are you eating more, you know, because you're, because you're pregnant? Um, and I didn't, I, I just kind of ate when I was hungry. I definitely, I mean, I don't know that kind of, I guess textbook, it says you knew about, you need about 200 calories extra, but I just kind of went with the flow of what I felt like really. I didn't really track anything too much. I just tried to make sure that I got in all of the nutrients as advised in the um, super nutrition book. Well, I think a lot of people tend to, uh, I suppose, you know, almost in a hurry to overthink things rather than listening to their instincts, you know, like, like you've said, you know, rather than thinking, Oh, I need this exact more calories or carbs or fats, whatever. I'm just going to kind of eat when I'm hungry, eat what makes me feel good, etc. Would you say there was a, so before you was like, um, before you got pregnant, was you quite high fat then anyway? Um, uh, what was I? Um, not as much as I, uh, well, not as much as I became, basically. I think I was probably fairly balanced. I guess I was fairly high protein, but um, always kind of, you know, grass-fed as much as we could. And, uh, you know, kind of liver, in my mind, is like the biggest superfood ever in the entire yeah. world. Again, it's not Instagrammable. It doesn't look as pretty as a goji berry. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so I, I guess I was kind of really interested in nutrient density anyway. Um, but I probably didn't eat as much fat as I do now. And I'm sure actually after I finish breastfeeding, um, I probably, I may not have as much fat as I'm having now, but he, he seems to be doing well for it. My milk supply is good for it. So um, I think probably beforehand, I was probably fairly balanced with my macros, maybe 33, 33, 33. I didn't track it massively, mm. but um, I think I was fairly, fairly ba- balanced with it, with, I guess, airing towards more protein. Yeah, so I was going to say that that's the interesting um, thing about pregnancy and fertility is a lot of women think that they need to increase protein because they're, they're having a baby and it's 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 not it's generally the the carbs and the fat I tend to increase yeah um, only because yeah. women are coming to me too low carb generally so I'm always, always like you need to bump those up a little bit um, keep blood sugar under control but the fat side um, it's funny what you just mentioned I've got a little list and it just with with female clients they're just horrified by it where you know sort of like yeah. if you've ever seen sally fallon of western a price speak yeah and she's like you know tablespoons of butter just get it down get it down and every woman just looks like horrified at the thought of it yeah 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 i know so i was away with my um family at the weekend my aunties and uncles and they're kind of all in their 60s and 70s and there i am like layering on the butter onto everything you know and they're they're still from that mindset of your you know, arteries butter is bad and, you know like that margarine that you're spreading you know yeah. whatever is worse but you know that's it's an argument i don't even bother <laughs> having these days but um with them anyway uh so yeah and i think actually i remember when i was still at work um a lady came up to me she said oh you know i noticed that you're you're having you're pregnant or whatever trying to conceive is there any advice that you can 
that you can give me. And, uh, and I said, yeah, just eat as, eat as much fat as you can. Uh, and she was like, oh, look at me. I don't think I need to eat any more fat. Now, she was a slim, she was a slim lady anyway, but just she was horrified that I suggested eating more fat. Yeah. And I just kind of said, I'd, uh, you know, I gave that advice and she kind of rejected it. And, of course, I'm not going to push it down anyone's yeah. throat, you know. Um, so I just kind of said to her, good luck or, you know, but... And people kind of still don't really want to don't want to hear the fat thing. It's such it's such a kind of long, hard slog to re-educate people on on good fat. But but that's it. I mean, but the thing is, I think like you said, I mean, you could you can give people information, but it's down to them to if they want to take yeah. it on or not. You know. I think. I mean, I think because the tides are changing, and you're seeing like BBC do some announcements. So I think it's slowly getting there. And do you know yeah. who probably needs to jump on board with it is the food industry. Once they realise they can make some money, they'll be like <laughs> fermented cod liver oil cafes or something. Do you know what I mean? Once the message gets out there and the food industry's like, right, we can make some money on this, it'll yeah. go everywhere, you know. That's, well, yeah, I always exactly. thought, like, I'm surprised all the supermarkets haven't got their own brand of coconut oil and yeah, stuff well, like that. Yeah, well, it's coming there, isn't it? So it's you couldn't get coconut oil in a supermarket. Tesco value coconut oil. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Just, Exactly. It's I, very, like, I don't even want to know what they'd add into that. Just yeah. like, <laughs> part cornflour, part coconut oil, part like part leech. <laughs> but um, it'd be interesting to see what your performance would be like at this uh, comp in three weeks, considering yeah. you've, you know, kind of dropped carbs a bit and upped fats, and if you've kind of adapted to that and... Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because a couple of um, girlfriends of mine who, who also compete, they found that they were... Um, stronger uh, post baby, and that their their cardio suffered, whereas actually less strong. And I feel like my cardio is is better now. I think personally, in terms of positions, like my hips were fine. All right, I say I have tight hips, but still, like an overhead squat wasn't a problem or anything like that. Um, whereas, kind of nine months spent in that kind of slightly lordotic position. I definitely feel like in the bottom of the squat, like a tightness in my hips, and that just kind of distracts me a little bit. So maybe that's what's affecting my strength at the moment, and I just need to man up. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but, um, but for me, it's the reverse. I've actually found that um, my kind of cardio is is better at the moment. But there's there's chat that kind of post baby, you know, you've got like this immense power. So I'm like, come on. <laughs> I was gonna, if you don't mind me asking about this, right? Because I might get a bit of stick for this. But I'm, I'm ready for it. And this is based on, like I said, I'm not a CrossFitter. I've never done CrossFit. I do intend on giving it a stab, though, because I am intrigued. Maybe yeah. you can train me, Joss. Yeah. Um, Every week you're going to give something again. I know. Oh, you know, I like to try things. <laughs> he signed up for tennis lessons this week just because of Wimbledon. I'm going to win Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about it. He goes, I, I think I'm in with a chance next year. I think <laughs> I'm in with a chance. But look, just join the list of people that tell me that I can't do it. I'm going to be one of those success <laughs> stories. <laughs> You know, in just one year, he took over the world, won Wimbledon. (laughs) Uh, Well, I figured if I just win it once, then we could live off that for a good few years, (laughs) the winnings. I've got to go that bad boy for ages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I was going to say was, and this is based on just CrossFitters that I know, you know, male, female, but, you know, let's talk about women now. And what surprised me when we done a seminar at another CrossFit box, it was predominantly women that turned up, wasn't it? And they'd just yeah. actually finished a, a class. So it was in the evening, they just finished a WOD. And we were discussing pre-post-workout, recovery, etc., etc. What I was so surprised about was about two-thirds of the women there 
when we asked them what they had after their sessions, uh, most of them said nothing. So especially people that, and I mean, I've, we, we, we caught the last 15 minutes of this session that they were doing and it was insane. Like they looked yeah. like they were, they were in absolute agony, like really going for it. And um, when we asked them what they had after a workout, like, in, like after a morning session, for example, they were like, oh, no, nothing. I'll just get ready, go to work, yeah. have a coffee on the route, and then maybe have some food a couple of hours after that. Yeah. And yeah. I, we, we, I, we looked at each other in complete shock, and we were yeah. like, right, everyone, write this down. Like, you yeah. guys, more than anything, need something yeah. immediately post-workout. All, what I was going to say was the thing I was probably going to get stick for is that a lot of people that kind of have this fear that lifting heavy, intense CrossFit is kind of going to make them big and bulky, etc. But yeah. for me, that actually boils down to less so the kind of type of training they're doing and the lack of fuel they're consuming and other kind of like recovery options in order to, you know, to, to recover efficiently for that level of training. Yeah. Like, what would you say? Because, you know, you're a, you're a petite woman, you look great, you're strong, you train hard. Like, what yeah. do you do, you know, from a, you know, like a, a day in the life of Joss, uh, you know, <laughs> post-WOD? Like, what do you do that you feel has kind of allowed you to keep training, keep pushing, not get big and bulky and, you yeah. know, and keep hitting good numbers? Um, I think, again, um, I've always kind of uh, looked at my kind of food um, and, I guess, recovery from the perspective of what's going to allow me to train optimally, to compete optimally. Um, and so for me, it's been whatever it takes to be able to do that. Um, so I think when I was doing kind of two a day sessions, which would have been, I guess, about a year and a half, two years ago, I was probably eating about four and a half thousand calories a day, wow. um, which is a lot. Right. And but I was still probably the same size I am now. But that, that was the volume of, of energy I was kind of you know running through so and definitely kind of post training I would um for me kind of protein shakes and uh, whey doesn't agree with me necessarily uh, again I just get a little bit phlegmy with it um sometimes I get a bit of a skin reaction so and even the kind of isolate still uh, doesn't agree with me that much so what I was generally having kind of post session was uh leucine so I didn't even go for all um of the branch chain amino acids it was just leucine um, so I'd take um, a spoonful or two of that and just wash it down with water. Um, and then I would kind of uh, make up my own kind of, uh, I think at the time I was having maybe some coconut water and maybe maca powder, I think, was my kind of recovery. And then I would kind of eat almost less than half an hour after that. So just getting in enough protein, enough carbohydrates, just to kind of recover like I, I do feel like I'm pretty in tune with my body in terms of what it needs and, and at what time but as far as kind of um in, in you know your experience with, with that group where they didn't where the, the girls didn't have anything post-training I still think it's that kind of mindset of right well I'm going to do all of this exercise and uh, if I still eat less I'm going to lose weight and it's mm. and then you, you know you, you see these same girls and you know they're overtrained, they're depressed, and um, they're sick. They're, they've lost motivation because they're, they're overtrained, and they're kind of breaking down and wondering what's what's happening. And you've kind of got to go look. The recovery side is so important. That's the thing that's going to allow you to train harder to get results. Um, 
it, it's and a lot of a lot of PTs and I guess kind of health professionals will will know this. Like you'll you'll get somebody come to you and they'll say, sorry, he's very intent on what I'm saying here at the moment. <laughs> they'll come to you and they'll say, right, well I want to get lean and I want to um, really really strong and I want to be able to uh, compete in a triathlon. I want to want to run a marathon. I want to do that all in a year and um, also while slimming down my thighs. And you're like, okay, which which one do you want to focus on? Because you can't do all of those things all at once. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, actually building a strong base and a strong foundation will allow you to do all of those things. Let's not try and do them all at once. It's that kind of, I guess, that alpha female um, perhaps kind of mindset that kind of is that way. And I guess a lot of female CrossFitters are, are that way. You know, they want to train hard, they want to go hard, but it's the, the training side is just a tiny component and actually if they do the recovery if they do the nutrition properly train harder but um it's it's more difficult to educate girls that are new to training on that um over girls that have been involved in sport maybe in school or whatever because they may have had a little bit more education on that but it, it's, it's definitely a big problem i'm, I'm con- continuously trying to convince people to eat more um that fat is good um, and that actually you will get more out of it if you if you focus on that recovery side. But um, I, I guess for me, I've never really cared how my body looks. If I'm stronger and I'm a little, a tiny bit bigger as a result of that, well, I'm stronger and that's what I wanted to do. Or I remember I did a marathon one year and I became this emaciated um, little string bean and that wasn't cool. Um, I, I just think... For me, I always try and do the best I can for my performance. And if my performance is suffering, then I always go back to looking at that recovery and what I need to do and what I need to, to tweak with that. But it, it's definitely an ongoing battle in terms of generally getting women to eat more and getting them to have a good relationship with food, essentially. Um, I think that a lot of women just don't have a good relationship mm. with food. So you're, you're dealing with a lot more than just the, the facts of food. You're dealing with a lot, with a lot of emotional issues um, in relation to food as well. So it's just, it's a real toughie. It's a real toughie, to be honest. But hopefully, um, I mean, like, your book is great. You know, all of the information that you have at the start of your book, I, I'm constantly saying to people, buy that book, buy that book. It just gives you the science in a really simple and people get it, you know, so um, it's, it's just continued education for me, isn't it? And, um, the, the sad thing is that no one reads the front section of the book. <laughs> 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 well, that's goes, why I make everyone do. It goes straight <laughs> to the, the dessert. So tasty, they want to get straight to it. <laughs> we, which is great, but we're like, we, you know, we, we wrote the front half for a reason, you know. It's yeah, not, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I think also one, one thing that I always say to a lot of the girls that I train, when I can kind of tell that they're overtraining, I ask, you know, do, are, you know, are you menstruating? And they're like, well, actually, you know, I had my last period a year ago. And I'm like, okay, that's an alarm bell right there. Yeah. You need to switch it up. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, if you've got an eight pack, but you've, if you don't, if you're not getting your period. Something's wrong there. It doesn't yeah. matter about the eight pack or the six pack or whatever. Get your your hormones balanced because that's that's what you're you're living on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's an ongoing battle, really. One of the things I don't know if you um, have seen this, but because we've done quite a lot on hormones and stuff, and I've run some projects with women is. It's, God, it's, it's not, if I even say it's a correlation, it's not a correlation at all, but um, I've noticed an increasing instance of uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome amongst women that are training um, sort of CrossFit style, but just intensely, generally. Um, and, and that led me off down a route to do quite a lot of research because it used to be that PCOS was all about um, women had got overweight and therefore were insulin resistant and, and that was driving the hormonal dysfunction. But actually, 
the the um, the intense training and the way that it wreaks havoc with hormones and drives cortisol and adrenaline up so much is actually also yeah. driving PCOS. Um, and yeah. it's just interesting because I get so many emails off women about that. But when I say the first thing I'm going to do is look at your training and yeah. probably say stop it, um, obviously yeah. they go to a GP who says, oh yes, well you need to be insulin sensitive. Train, exercise, of course, exercise, and um, you know, and eat a, eat a healthy diet, which is cereal and whole grains, blah blah blah. And uh, it's just yeah. really it, it gets you so much harder. They <laughs> <laughs> and there's me in the background going, I actually think you know the double espresso and the 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 intense workout that you just had smashed and then like you just said the serious lack of calories um and and the fact that that's for almost every woman the last place that they want to sort of look at often is oh i need to eat more actually to to you know fuel training it's very much more like no this is about getting a a leaner body composition but but then there's there's training and then there's absolutely beasting yourself yeah but you know what i mean but do you know what either way if you're not fueling even training then yeah. you are beasting yourself. No, but what I'm saying so, is, is like, you know, like a doctor who might turn around and say, oh, yeah, no, train and make you more insulin sensitive. Yeah. You know, like I said, you, there's training, which is, you know, getting a good bit of movement in, getting the blood flowing, and yeah. absolutely going hell for leather. But then, like, yeah. you know, walking will increase insulin sensitivity. And like, like you, if someone came to you, Justin, was three stone overweight and someone came yeah. and they were underweight, the programs that you develop for them are completely different. When yeah. we talk about exercise, it's not. But the hard thing is, you know, and I've sort of said to women, you need to address your exercise. They're sort of like, no, no, no. The doctor's told me that for PCOS, I have to exercise. It's like, oh, yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> but I it guess is. It's, it's difficult because it's just blanket statements. And, you know, like, obviously, GPs have a, a lot of general knowledge about lots of things for which I have no idea about, you know. Um, you know, for, for you guys and for me, like, nutrition is just such an interesting subject and so much can be achieved with getting it right that you kind of just want more people to you know to know about it and and you know like I said even going back to me doing kind of two a day sessions like that didn't affect my health at all I I made sure that I recovered well enough to do that and whereas you'll have a lot of people that will do two a day sessions and just don't look after it and that's when the, the the trouble happens so if people do want to train you know super intense if you can balance everything out you know well with recovery and good nutrition but if you're not willing to do that if you're not willing to kind of um cut back in other areas that that need to be cut back then then you know you can't have it all basically um and you know it'll be interesting to see how you know competing goes for me now that I've had little man as well like I mean again I'm hoping for those superpowers like I I swear (laughs) (laughs) they're coming they're coming I've just got another question. I'm, I'm assuming the answer, I think I know the answer already because you're so intuitive about your training and your nutrition, but do you ever use any apps like um, heart rate variability or, um, you know, like my fitness pal or even like movement apps, fit, like Fitbits or anything like that? To Yeah, um, basically I, I did use my fitness pal before. Um, it was, I think it's just good to kind of see your, you know, your macros and, you, you know, your kind of general calories if that interests you I mean I'm not a, a huge calorie counter but um certainly when I'm when I'm training hard I want to make sure that I'm getting in, enough in I, often calorie counting is is sort of limiting them rather than making sure that you're getting the four and a half thousand in that I needed to get in <laughs> um, um in terms of apps um yeah I kind of I kind of don't use a huge amount obviously with, with Nike we've got our Nike training club app which is which is a pretty cool uh, little nifty thing that I, that I sometimes make BJ 
do when we were away on holidays. Like, come on, you make me do a girls' workout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, and then he's sweating at the end. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I kind of, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit kind of old fashioned. I like pen, a, a pen and paper. Yeah, and I, and I to jot things down before, kind of online and stuff. But I actually like a physical to note down. So I do track everything. Um, probably less so since I've had. Uh, this one because just kind of keeping track with keeping track of life is, is enough at the moment <laughs> um you know again when I go back to kind of uh, more serious competing I'll be tracking my my food my sleep my recovery um, I track my numbers anyway in terms of lifting and so on even my mood as well uh, oh bless you uh, kind of how I feel in the morning how I feel um in the middle of the day how I feel at night my sleep all that kind of stuff I think it's it's kind of good to be your own lab rat from that <laughs> You're getting bored <laughs> from perspective because you can go to an expert and they can they can give you their advice. But if you have as much information as possible about yourself, then you can start to guide yourself. You know, um, in a way that maybe maybe others can't. So um, obviously, people still need kind of you know guidance from professionals. Um, but I think the more information you have about yourself, the more in control you're you're going to be and you know in terms of um getting guidance from professionals that was something that i did do after the baby um there's a, a company called birth fit in the states and um this amazing uh, woman lindsay matthews and she does kind of eight weeks postpartum training and i actually had a cesarean section in the end um and uh so i kind of even though i train a lot of uh, women who have had babies um, or, or whilst they're pregnant, I really wanted someone, somebody else just to kind of guide me. Mm. Um, and she uh, she gave me this eight week. It was two blocks of four weeks. And it was just amazing kind of reconnecting with your, your body and so on, um, especially after a, a C-section, which was obviously a little bit more traumatic but it was actually it was actually fine and I've recovered well and um, so it turns out it wasn't uh, too much of a bad thing but uh, and again I kind of I blame that on me perhaps not mobilizing enough not kind of doing perhaps enough pregnancy yoga he just got a little bit stuck and so they they took him out the sunroof as they say you know I'm kind of back and training and recovered and so but I, I kind of put even though I have knowledge about training. I put that in the hands of somebody else because yeah. obviously, uh, you know, he had just been born and I was up feeding and all the rest of it. So I think even experts need to go to, not that I'm an expert, but, you know, people with knowledge oh, also need to go to other people <laughs> with knowledge. So. No, we yeah. agree, don't we? We've said 100%. that. I often think I need a nutritionist. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> like, I do my own head in trying to work it out for myself. <laughs> I know that the constant quest for... Yeah. Uh, improvement it's relentless isn't it, it but, is. you just you know, have to pick a mix it. i always pick a mix the uh the information oh yes i like that i'll do that no i don't like that i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i think that's everybody though don't yeah. They? yeah and then you need someone to tell you off but one thing i was gonna ask was is it ever like how would you um decide whether or not to train then if you woke up you, you must have i'm, I'm I was hoping, about you, to ask I'm hoping you have an off day because at the moment i'm like this woman is superhuman oh, <laughs> off days most days are off days <laughs> the other day said oh you know you just look like you're floating through and I think there's uh, I read somewhere this uh guy has said yeah like you know above the water you know I look like a calm little duck but underneath like my feet are going nice (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah no definitely um I've got days where I'm just like oh but I think that um like there was a day last week where I was like I'm not in the mood for training I felt tired um, I hadn't eaten particularly well the day before. 
uh, and I just really wasn't in the mood for training, but I trained and then I felt great after it. So I think it's just that kind of, you know, circle thing of, you know, you train, you feel good, you eat well, you feel good, you sleep well. Do you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. that just that cycle. Um, but I think the important thing is just to to do something. I was very lucky in that my recovery post-baby um, was very, very good despite having a cesarean section. Uh, I do think that kind of training prior, prior to having him uh, definitely helped with that. So... Um, I think even you know, and I also didn't didn't suffer with any, you know any kind of uh, postpartum depression or anything like that. But I guess I would say to to anybody that um, is not feeling in the mood for for exercise or anything like that, just to just to even get out and just go for a walk, get some fresh air, um, try and meditating if you can. That's something that I did do uh, whilst I was pregnant with him because I'm not a particularly calm person. So I thought. God, I'm bringing this poor child into the world. I better, I better zone myself. <laughs> so I, I did meditate every day, um, and maybe that's why he's chilled. I don't know, but um, he is a super chilled little man. Uh, but yeah, just to get out and get moving, and, and there's plenty of days when I'm not in the mood to exercise. I'll still do it. Uh, BJ gives me a kick up the arse if I'm not in the mood, but um, I'll, I'll still do it because ultimately I feel I feel better for it. So there's not many people that don't feel good after exercise. It's yeah. just getting them to do it you know i think as well like um i think we we've always said that we 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 spoke about this at one of our seminars where we said that you know because exercise is such a great release for people you know it's a great endorphin rush makes them feel good makes them sweat etc and what we were saying is that don't let like what frees you become your ball and chain in that you know it can become highly addictive and almost you, you mentioned earlier about having a good relationship with food and I think the same can be said about training in yeah. that it's all well and good like I mean I'm a huge fan of you know planning and preparation and that applies to training and nutrition and for me you know I know what I'm going to be doing for the week from a training perspective but then equally like yourself I know my body enough to know when today is just not going to happen yeah. you know I'm not, I might not be in the right mindset I might have had a really crap night's sleep it just might not be my day to kind of like do what I, I plan to do so yeah. therefore I'll just go for a big walk with Hamish or I might do a little bit of body weight stuff and I'm happy with that I don't beat myself up about it but I almost yeah. feel that and again you know I might get a bit of stick but that women are a bit more you know don't have as good a relationship with training as men do like I think men yeah sorry guys but i think men are actually deep down just quite lazy people and you know they don't necessarily need much uh persuading to have a day off the gym i'm the same you know like you know like Kerry said tell you yeah i think it's more um when i first met matt so he was a trainer and i was just a, a a member of a gym and i looked at his physique and thought well he must train like twice a day, seven days a week to look like that. And then it was such a letdown when we started training together. <laughs> and he trained about three times a week. Well, I was, it, it, that was, I was a good week. <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, what, what am I supposed to aim towards? You know, like I literally trained, you know, two, three times more than him a week easily. So if he did five sessions, I'd do 15, you know, like it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't get my head around that the less is more or just that yes. possibly he trained more effectively than I did or recovered a lot better or, or was recovering a lot better. So Yeah, yeah. And it's that want to sort of get results like straight away. And yeah. I guess when I, whenever I'm doing like a, a new program or, or kind of starting back out, which, which is what I'm doing at the moment, you know, I always kind of give myself at least 12 weeks where, you know, I say don't even think about 
seeing anything or expecting anything until 12 weeks. Now, obviously, results and, and gains and, and progress come before that time, but it's just, an, it's just a way of managing it mentally so you're not like at the end of the first week, well, why, you know, why can't, why is my bum not, you know, lifted one inch or whatever, you know? So um, I think it is, it's just managing. And yeah, I think you're so right about just enjoying it. Like uh, a, girl, a girl, Gwen, that I train with a lot and actually she's who I'm competing with in three weeks time. She, she's an amazing athlete and um, she's a CrossFit regionals athlete. And, uh, wow. you know, she often talks about, you know, God, I've forgotten to enjoy it. You know, I've got to just come yeah. here and enjoy that session um, or enjoy the training or enjoy the competition. And it, it, it makes such a difference. I think when, you know, when you're just working out just to, to look better, there's this massive pressure. And, you know, are you actually enjoying it? Maybe you're not. So maybe maybe something needs to, needs to change. And, and I always kind of think that if you're doing something that you enjoy and you're being consistent with it because you have to be, you know, the results will come and, you know, if they're if they're what you want them to be, cool. If they're not, and you've given your body the time that, that you think it needs, so maybe change something up a little bit. But but have a good relationship with training. Have a good relationship with food. And I know that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, but it's uh, sometimes I think people just get so caught up in well, I'm doing this and I want th- these results and why am I not getting them? And that that's just all stress. Like there's nothing. There's no joy in that. You know. So it's about just kind of enjoying life as you know with uh, Paul Watson the chap that we both yeah. know this ridiculous um, ridiculously amazing attitude to life and it's so <laughs> like inspiring and, and all of those things you want you're just kind of like I want to be like that guy like he just yeah. wakes up and the day is amazing before he's yeah. even got out of bed you know what I mean <laughs> so uh, it's just about just kind of enjoying it a bit I think and just reducing that stress because it's kind of everywhere really so well that's it because we were talking about this the other day weren't we and we were saying that that you know, life life stressful enough. You know, life, life throws enough things at us as it is. So the last thing we want to do is start stressing about what we eat and when we train and how long we train for. Like, why, why yeah. just add stuff to the mix that we really don't need to be worrying about? Yeah, and there's um, there's a girl, a young girl I know who I absolutely love, um, and I actually want Bjorn to marry, even though she's probably in her early twenties now. But <laughs> <laughs> this girl, Sorrel Walsh, and she's she's a runner and. Uh, and I remember uh, I kind of uh, saw her first on Instagram and she had written this kind of small post on Instagram and just kind of said, do you know what? I love running. Some days I beast myself on the track. Other days I just feel like going for a long run and I enjoy it. And she is a phenomenal athlete, but she, at that time she had no structure to her training. She just went with the flow and loved it and really, really enjoyed it. Now she's got a bit more structure and I think she just came second in like this 100-kilometer race and just wow. is amazing. But her attitude is insane. It's just so positive. It's so inspiring. And you kind of you're kind of like, right, I want to be surrounded by people like you, you know, all the time. Because of course she'll have the same stresses that everybody else has, but her attitude is just different. So it's um it's huge. So yeah. Attitude is everything. Attitude is good. <laughs> um, so I've got one last question before yeah. I'm I'm gonna wrap it up because we it's flown by. We've nearly hit an hour. So uh, kind of like relationship with Nike that you've got. So do you yeah. say Nike or Nike? Nike. It's, it's Nike, not Nike, and it's a swoosh, not a tick. That's indoctrinated from day one. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because I've always said Nike. and I think Nike. Every... I know, I did before I started working with them, and then you just, and then you just, and now it just They just flows. correct you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
Can you get me a discount? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it can be arranged. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Joss. <laughs> no, um, no. I, what I was going to say was about the Nike thing. Uh, that was actually a serious question. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll message you after. Um, I think it's quite amazing now how a lot of you know Nike and Adidas and and, and whatnot are actually kind of. I suppose the the more kind of like grassroots athlete, if you know what I mean. So even people that aren't necessarily pursuing sport, but just kind of pursuing health and happiness. And I think yeah. it's so good now that brands such as Nike are. It sounds so weird saying that we're talking twenty nine years of Nike, and I'm saying Nike. You know, to kind of see them getting behind it with these kind of campaigns and getting people like yourself like yeah. on board and and, and whatnot. Is there anything that they're kind of doing that's in the pipeline that you can give us a bit of a info on what's going um, on? Well, you know, it's nice you're dying for me and I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the women's training campaign has been, has been ma- massive for us. And certainly, in you know, our target market for that um, kind of wasn't the girls that are already training. It was getting the girls that hate PE in school, that hate the thought of the gym, going for a run, anything like that, that don't feel good enough about themselves um to to train or whatever it was about getting them involved Mm -hmm. um and that's just that just continues to increase exponentially like an um about four years ago i did some work in a school um for nike and it was a group of um 15 to 16 year olds and um i was just kind of uh going through uh, what we teach as nike training club and, and kind of taking them through a training session and, you know, five minutes into the session, they were like, oh, my God, my legs hurt. I can't do this. My makeup's running. <laughs> and they were doing squats. And uh, basically what they were doing uh, looked like uh, what one might do at a strip club uh, when squatting. So I was just like, <laughs> this is not going to work. But then I went back to the school six weeks later and I asked the PE teacher, I said, no, how are the girls getting on? And, uh, and the, these girls, incidentally, were like the naughty girls in the year. Uh, I said, how are they getting on? Um, and uh, she said, they're doing absolutely amazing. We've changed the timetable so that they now do their uh, Nike training club class. Um, first thing on a Friday morning, they come in without their makeup on so that they can shower and, and, and you know do whatever they need to do afterwards. They led the school sports day with a 5K run wow. um, and their grades have improved as well. And to me, like... That's amazing. That's phenomenal. That's, athletes and professional athletes are amazing. But if I can even reach one of those girls yeah. and just for, for her to go, do you know what, I enjoyed that and actually I want to continue doing this, then, then my job is kind of done. I almost feel a bit emotional thinking about oh. it because it was not change. I was just like, this is not going to work with these girls. But it was so powerful. Um, and then they, because it was only their year, um, the 15 and 16-year-olds, they were the only ones that were allowed to do it. So then all of the years below them, like they couldn't wait to do wow. this special fitness class you know, when they got to age 15 and 16. So we were kind of getting, tearing down into those younger ages and kind of inspiring them as well. So that's kind of the best part of reaching people that may otherwise not have become become involved in sport. Because it's one thing I think for girls, I think being involved in sport, being um, involved in fitness gives you the kind of confidence that you can't get from anything else. And I think that's massively important, particularly as we've got, like, you know, the people that maybe inspire young girls might now be the Kardashians. Nothing wrong with the Kardashians. Salute to yeah, Kim yeah. and the rest of them. They need, to, they need to have more inspiration and feel more confident themselves. So, and I think that sport and fitness does that for them. So 
Do you think, yeah. um, just one question about Nike, because I think, because they're such a cool brand and, and you know, all their training gear is, is, is just bright and, yeah, like, you do, everyone yeah. loves it, you know, and, and so, yeah. so in terms of attracting young girls, because it's fashionable, it's trendy, I think they've got this great opportunity, but one thing I would say is that, that possibly their marketing needs to be a little bit more varied, um, you know, right. it, it is a bit like hot bods all the time, like, even yeah. I look at it and I'm like... Yeah. Some of these girls don't even look like they bloody train. Like <laughs> they yeah, look yeah. too. Well, I think I think our latest campaign, um, and it kind of came around the time of uh, you know the this girl, this girl, going, can. This, this girl yeah. can was what I would want to see Nike doing a bit more. I think. Yeah, they should and link up. Started, really, there's a couple of ads um, that are now similar to that, right. where you know you've kind of I think there's a group of girls and they're, they're in the spinning class, and there's a girl who's kind of you know at the back of the class, she's like, oh my god, you know, look at that amazing girl at the front you know that can never be me um and then um you know slowly throughout this ad you see this girl increase in confidence and all of a sudden she's like you know what i can do it um and so i think that we're trying to appeal more now to the girls who are who will be at the back of a fitness class looking at the girls at the front who look amazing and thinking they'll never achieve that but actually once they stop looking at what other people are doing and start focusing on actually what they can do themselves they start to feel like, actually, do you know what? I can do it. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. This is me, and this is enough. So, um, so that, that's a, a continual kind of a continued project, even to, to kind of make that happen. So, uh. I, think, I, I think it's easy though, like to get caught up, especially nowadays, where it's getting an insight into other people's lives is just so in your face all the time with Facebook, Instagram, yeah. and all of that stuff. You you almost it's almost easy to kind of get wrapped up in, in that kind of looking at like, you know, women looking at other women's figures, men looking yeah. at other guys' physiques and just thinking, oh, you know, like for them, you know, it, they've probably always looked like that. It's easy for them. Yeah. You know, they don't kind of see that. No, you're only taking what you can see on face value. You have no yeah. idea what's going on behind the scenes there or yeah. the journey they've been on to get there, whatever it may be. So yeah. no, I think yeah. that's a really awesome message Yeah, definitely. Yeah. to kind of focus on you rather than everybody else. Yeah. And because you're never going to have like, Cindy Crawford's legs or whatever so and just focusing on what someone else has or looks like actually takes away the energy of you focusing on achieving what you need to achieve for yourself so just keep your kind of be selfish with your energy basically keep it yourself focus it on other people I mean sure go to you know find inspiration in other people you know not 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 too much like focus on on your path and your goals and that's that's my advice (laughs) Well, speaking of your advice, Joss, because this is how I was going to end the podcast, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Take home tips to, to people listening today. Or three. Okay, <laughs> my, my three tips. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I would say um, training is, is absolutely amazing and makes you feel good. Give your body um, what it needs in order to be able to uh, train effectively, and that's sound nutrition sleep all of the recovery side like never never underestimate that because it's huge especially the older you get (laughs) (laughs) Uh, number two would be like uh, enjoy it do you know what i mean just enjoy living each day Um, we're we're all presumably everyone listening to this podcast um has probably got a roof over their head um and maybe a little chap that wants to involve himself in the conversation (laughs) we're all incredibly lucky um so just to kind of let the stresses aside and just enjoy life and then and then finally just 
um, you know, treat your body your body well and respect the process. Like, give it time to make the changes that you that you want to see in it. And if you're not seeing changes after a consistent amount of time, just switch it up a little bit. But but be patient and be consistent because if you are doing things consistently, the results will come. But we're in a we're in a, a kind of like a get things now world, and our bodies yeah. respond in that way, and, and they and they they never will. So you've got to be patient with that. Basically, sorry that was. Long ass free tips. No, that was awesome. There was free tips in there, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Just before we kind of sound off, just want to put it out there that Joss and we just confirmed this literally before the podcast that he's going to be speaking at our next Fit Food Academy in November. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Can't wait for that. Well, we probably haven't officially decided an an outline of what she's going to cover yet, but we can work on that, can't we? But. something to blabber on about <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Josh so where can people find out a little bit more about you um, kind of what you do and etc like social media and whatnot? yeah uh, I'm probably most commonly now on Instagram so that's just uh, Jocelyn Thompson Rule is my uh, Instagram account um, I do have a blog, but I have not been updating that blog very regularly, but the link to that is on my Instagram account. So um, that, that's that's the thing that I kind of update uh, most regularly. So, yeah, you can find me there. And what about the uh, the whole Nike thing? Um, where can people find more information about that and what's going on yeah. and stuff? Um, well, again, uh, generally things that happen, again, I'll kind of post that on my Instagram. If you also go to um, nike.com, you can find, I mean, we've got some amazing, uh, we have weekly events. Um, so we've got Nike Training Club, which is uh, women's training every week we've got about uh, I think we've got about six or seven classes around London and um, sadly we, we've only got a few outside of London uh, we've got one in Glasgow um, and a couple more around the country um, but we've also um, just started doing a lot of work with running as well so I'm actually going to a track session tonight for my sins oh, wow. uh, which I'm dreading um, <laughs> but that, all of these sessions are free to attend so it's it's really sound training and, and it's all free again it's trying to get people involved in training and in fitness so what kind um, of again, track stuff is that sorry i kind of um i interrupt you there my bad um what what kind of track stuff is it is it like uh 100 meters 200 meters that um, kind of... yeah a mix of everything so we we um it's run by a chap from british athletics um and james brewster uh and i think tonight is threshold training so uh wow. yeah some nasty little kind of 800s and 1ks and yeah i'm gonna want to hurl at the end it's all good <laughs> I'll make sure I have my post-track recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That sounds amazing. So, guys, definitely check out Joss on Instagram. I follow her. She put some awesome stuff up. Uh, Joss, thank you so much again for your time. Yeah, thank much you. Much appreciated. Awesome. Your your little man there is super patient. I'm really impressed. He's a chilled bambino. Um, Keris, anything you want to add? No, no, no. I'm... All good? Yep. Awesome. To... awesome. Oh, just one last thing is you should mention her story, your events, if you're running any this year, but that'll yes. go on Instagram with it as well. I ran, yeah, I, I definitely I ran an event last year uh, which Keris very kindly came and spoke at and people continue to rave about your Aww. talk. Um, <laughs> you're just such a uh, fountain of knowledge. Um, but uh, yeah, I will definitely have some uh, some talks coming up later on in the year. So again, I'll probably uh, push that on, on Instagram and maybe um, on Facebook as well. So I will, yeah, just, just, just keep posted. I I intend to start a newsletter at some stage, but uh, I think I might need an extra hour <laughs> for that. So right now I'm trying to just, uh, yeah, as I say, just the, the feet are going 90 underneath the water and I'm trying to cruise along. <laughs> You're doing a good job so far, don't worry, Joss. Cool, thank you. Awesome, Joss. So we'll take care. Thank you again, and we will no doubt uh, chat to you soon. Yeah, yeah thanks thank very you. much, guys. Awesome. Thanks so much.
Bye. Bye.